Stop calling my warren. My name isn't fucking warren. <laughs> everyone back to another episode of turn of the millennials i'm stephanie i'm lindy and today we are going to start with our millennial moments um our millennial moments duh you have to do the theme song why did you freeze there you go okay you're good okay let's continue (laughs) one moment let us continue okay so Um, do you want to start with your millennial moment or do you want me to start? Um, I think I could start with my millennial moment. Um, so So what made you feel old this week, Steph? So, uh, I was actually traveling this week for the first time in two years, which kind of felt nice. Uh, but I went to the United States in Boston where my head office is for work. It was for work. So of course it wasn't really like a big travel, but it was still going away. And then of course me being the Canadian in amongst a lot of Americans, I got to thinking of like the old, you know, that old uh, Molson Canadian commercial, the I am Canadian, my name is Joe and I am Canadian. And Chesterfield is a sofa. <laughs> right, exactly. And when I looked it up, I realized it's 21 years old. So it's now US legal drinking age. Yeah. That hurt. really fucking hurts. <laughs> right, so. Uh, it was it was a, it was a moment I had right it had yeah so it just it had a kind of like symbolism because I was in the uh, states and U.S. drinking age and just yeah it it cut my core a little. I think that just added another crow's feet to my face. <laughs> right. Wow. Uh, I didn't know it was that old. I thought maybe like Canadian drinking age, like no. Alberta drinking age is like 18. eighteen. That's what I was thinking, but. I find it weird that Canada provinces all have different drinking ages. Quebec is also 18. I find that weird. Yeah, Quebec 18 as weird. well. Because in the States, every single state is 21, is it not? I believe it is. I think there used to be different states, but then I think it got fully regulated, if I'm not mistaken. All right, Americans, let us know. We have a I, few of you. <laughs> I do know, though, that the year my mom turned 18 mm-hmm. was the year the States turned to 21 for their legal drinking age she was fucking pissed she yeah. got a fake id and went anyway that's funny she'll um, never admit it though but she told me one night <laughs> she probably doesn't remember she told me that's okay um, that's the best times so <laughs> your my, millennial moment this week my millennial moment was so aaron and i went to the beat goes on and for those of you who don't know the beat goes on is like a like um, a used music store you sell movies and cds and stuff like that and we walk in and they have a ginormous selection of vinyl, like huge. I'm just like, when did vinyl come back? And not that like it was around when I can remember because it was more of like a 60s, 70s. Like that's when tape cassettes started coming in in the 80s and CDs or whatever. But what got me was like we were looking through the CDs and we're like, we don't even have a way to play CDs. So why are we looking at them? Like we have, we've got, other than like maybe our DVD players, we have no CD player in our car. We don't do. have like a, just a normal CD player. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like we have no way of playing our music from the older days, which, which is why I love Spotify. Cause it has almost, almost everything. Almost everything. Certain special edition of songs are not found on it. And also that was part of the reason why I got my 2019 Pathfinder versus buying a brand new Pathfinder. Apart from like, you know, the $20,000 difference in the price. Yeah. 
it had a CD player still in the 2019 and it was the last model year of the Pathfinders that have a CD player, but then it's also got above it all of the like connection and the, the screen and everything for all of the Bluetooth and everything like that, but still has that CD player. Yeah, my uh, Aaron and I have like, a, our truck is a 2019 Dodge Ram mm -hmm. and we don't have a fucking CD player. That's funny. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I can hook, I can hook my phone up. It doesn't even have an auxiliary hookup. Like it's got like, the USB ports and like an actual fucking outlet, but no way to play a CD player. Not even That's... like a portable one. Like not even the old school way. Like we did in my GMC van with the computer speakers or whatever. <laughs> like nothing like that. But yeah. we mustn't but, dwell. But no, not today, no, Lindy. Not today. No, no, no. Not we today. must. We... we mustn't dwell. No. No, not today. Not April eighth. Because today, not we on Rex Manning Day. Not on Rex Manning Day. Not today. No. <laughs> Rex Manning. So as you can tell, more and more, I get your love and to your front door. Yeah. So as you can tell, today you don't know that song. Episode is Empire Records because if, you, if you've never seen this movie, fucking watch it before you listen to this. This is definitely a movie that like we watched quite a bit. I personally had the remix edition and I didn't, so that's the one I watched for a long time. Um, and I know Lindy watched it like lots and lots before then. And I always remember, and I had, I had to put this in my notes and everything was in high school, always Monique being with the Sinead of Rebellion. Always I, she would say that. And that always has stuck out in my mind forever. Peace. Like Mo, we love you. <laughs> I would vote that the best line in this movie. Yeah so funny that one that one and the other one that gina says um where she's like well now deborah uh, along with your bald head and your ever-growing um was it ever mutilating metal appendages and your brand new neo-nazi boot camp makeover the boys will come a run in let's best not argue lines. just rip <laughs> best best two lines and they both belong to gina yeah. <laughs> Though Lucas does have great fucking lines in this movie. Uh Lucas he is hilarious. He's so So funny. where shall we shall we start at the beginning, Steph? All right. So um we'll just do our basic synopsis. So yep. it was originally released September twenty second, nineteen ninety-five, and it only earned three hundred and three thousand eight hundred and forty-one dollars at the box office, classifying it as a bomb. Yep. I was I was twelve. <laughs> I was 10. You were 10. I was 10. So I didn't really see it when it first came out. I definitely didn't find it until DVD many years later. Um, and it actually, would, same thing, it came, became a cult classic of a movie. Many years later, people found it. Uh, it was based off of, um, the person wrote it based off of their experience working at a Tower Records, obviously. A Tower yeah. Records. Uh, so it stars Anthony LaPaglia. I think it's Italian. LaPaglia. LaPaglia, LaPaglia. It's it's Italian. Who knows? Or I'm assuming it's Italian. Uh, <laughs> but the older I get, the more I watch this. As the older I get, the more attractive I find him. Especially <laughs> after he finishes drumming and he and while he's drumming, I you know I have a thing for drummers. Obviously, I'm engaged to one. It's fine. But... <laughs> I know it's as we get older, people. I know Rory Cochran. Our tastes change. So <sighs> we have Rory Cochran, Debbie Mazur, Robin Tooney, Liv Tyler, Ethan Embry, Renee Zellweger, uh, Max Caulfield plays Rex Manning. Yep. um coyote and shivers coyote shivers there's just so many people in this movie and the guy who plays warren i just don't remember his name he's been in a few things oh okay i just don't uh, remember his name i know he was in boys don't cry and that 
not talking about that movie. Yeah. Good movie, great movie, just great oh, movie, horrible. great movie, horrible, yeah, horrible, horrible movie. movie. Anyway, yeah, no, this movie is just fucking star-studded. It is absolutely packed, and so it's it, sorry. It, go ahead. it tells the story basically. It's a 24-hour period of a bunch of people who work in a record store is the synopsis of the movie. Um, but also, uh, I noticed on Amazon, because it's got both the normal and the special fan edition, they both have two completely different descriptions. One really? is, one says um, just a 24-hour period in the lives of people who work in a record store. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is um, almost almost the same, but it also adds that they're they're fighting against the man to try to save their their mom and pop at, uh, record store from becoming a franchise. Oh, and I so, like, watched, I tried to watch the remix addiction. Cause like I said, that's the DVD I've always had. I'm pretty sure it's in the basement still, but I was on prime. I have prime. So I tried to watch it and it was not the remix edition. Like, not only that, not only that, like, okay. So I think they, they mixed up the titles on Amazon, which right? Could ha- which happens. I'm sure. Which does happen, but I'm pretty sure the, 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 like the fan the special fan edition which is labeled as the normal empire records which is 107 minutes long is for rent or buy the other one you can watch for free yeah and the other one is 91 minutes long so they they definitely mislabeled the title of this movie on both of those on amazon yeah come on amazon get your shit together bezos right come on bezos damn like you're fucking better than well are you is he i don't know is he Uh, his wife his ex-wife is right <laughs> right he's just another rich billionaire in the search for the you know. oligarch we're calling them oligarchs now oh okay all right you've got you've reached a, you've reached 999 million dollars here is your trophy you've won capitalism fuck billionaires <laughs> we start out uh with gina and lucas closing the store joe is trusting lucas to close the store <laughs> Big responsibility, Lucas. Right? I don't know if he can handle it. Hmm. Well, but Joe's rules were very clear. Keep my hands off of his beer. Count the money twice. And drumsticks. And oh, count yeah, the count money the twice. 9,104. I counted it twice. Counted it twice. So he... $9,000 for an intake of a record store in the 90s on a Friday. Like, that's really good. Because I Now, was that at... Friday or Thursday? Because you... Like, April 8th. What you said well, was April, a Friday. Yeah, but April, no, but April day, 8th was a Saturday. Oh, okay. I looked, oh, April, okay. April 8th, 95 was a Saturday. So when Lucas closed the store, it would have been a Friday. And okay. I tried, I tried to find the average like daily sales sales of a record store in the 90s. And I really couldn't find any numbers from the 90s. But like what it say, says right now is that record stores profit anywhere from 800 to a thousand dollars a week. Which is fucking gross. Well, it's like no wonder there's not a lot around anymore, considering most of our music is online now. Well, it's yeah, it's the exact same thing as Blockbuster. We were watching a Netflix Blockbuster documentary last night, so same kind of thing. Like it's the medium's gone, and you so everyone's online now, and yeah, Mm -hmm. I know millions and billions of dollar industries that have down to like I said, a hundred dollars a month. So when Lucas is closing up. He's counting his money and shit. He goes through the drawers in Joe's desk while he's smoking his cigar, playing with his drumstick and drinking his beer. Mm-hmm. The only thing he abide by, the only rule he did was count it twice. That's all he did. Right. Um, so he finds a package that they're going to be turning Empire Records into a music town, which is, a, 
you know, franchise, more fucking rules, more restrictions, no fun, like just a bullshit changeover just to make more fucking profit, you know, the economy, whatever. Um, So he decides to take that money to Atlantic City. Oh, I do have to mention though, in the special fan edition, they do have a special, they have a, a, a deleted scene in this, this, this part of the movie in the very beginning where like a, a lady knocks on the door and is like, oh, let me in. I just need one thing. And Lucas is like, we're fucking close. Like, go away. And then he lets her in and then he fucks her. What was the point of that fucking scene? I don't know if he sleeps with her or anything. Oh, like he that. totally fucking does. I... It's, it's, it's definitely implied because it happens between when She's... Gina, when Gina's talking to him and then to the next scene when he's like drumming the, the, the money with it with the joe's drumsticks it happens in between those two scenes no i know but she's she's just like kind of like trolling and like saying about who her boyfriend was and stuff so i don't know if it's really full-on like they sleep together that's what i got just... that was what the implication was to me uh, because that's know. why he's in such a good mood that he's like i'm gonna break three of joe's four rules hmm. i don't know that's what i got from it anyway <laughs> It's so nice and sunny out today. Our neighbors are sitting on their back porch. Sorry, I was just read. I could see them from outside the window, so that was a random thought. Squirrel. Anyway, so back to, back to Empire Records. Um, so yeah, he goes to Atlantic City and he goes to the Trump Taj Mahal. If you noticed, I did. Which, oh God, uh, Trump. <laughs> Anyways, so um, he first bets. He goes to the was it the uh, craps table? I was gonna say roulette, but it's craps table. Like Twenty two. 20 yeah 22 year old goes to a craps table being a young cocky little kid puts the nine thousand dollars down and he wins well no when he's walking he's walking through the casino and he like he pulls the arm of someone's slot machine and it wins them big he walks past another crap table and he goes 20 black 22 and that's what it lands on and wins a bunch of people money so like you know he's he's lucky but you just also used up all of your luck so that yeah so he puts the money down wins wins obviously doubles it so he's got eighteen thousand dollars two hundred and eight and then uh he tries to bet again let let it ride ride. it's like that's a that's an eighteen thousand dollar bet so then like he goes and they do it and he loses and bro goes you used to have nine thousand bucks i'm like bitch he used to have eighteen thousand bucks and then yeah. Blondie McSlutty McGoldigger she is. She used to be cute. Uh, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. He still is cute. Stop, like, go gold dig somewhere else. I'm sure Trump's drawing around his fucking goddamn building at that point. Go find him. I'm yeah, sure his, his, I'm sure his, uh, his marital vows mean nothing to him anyway, so. <laughs> and at that um, point, he was married to Ivana, I think, in the 90s, 95. He was uh, married to- no, they might have just been also going through the divorce whatever who fucking cares yeah um so <laughs> then he i remember he, he says like well i'd be held responsible for this like oh, of yeah. course you are come on dude like seriously why why are you even asking this like you're you you literally just lost the whole entire store's day's money like come on come on he's like hmm i wonder if i'll be held responsible for this yes you fucking will right yep. and then like the next so then like the next scene is in the morning uh what's aj and mark show up for work to try and open store the, yeah to open the store and, and they're Lucas waiting for joe on his motorcycle yeah and he's got like a bucket of quarters because he obviously tried to like win some and of his some money slots. back it didn't work and i love playing when he's the, like, sluts. <laughs> the sluts the uh, sluts uh when lucas was like he's like i do not regret the things i've done but those i did not do and then aj puts two and two together he's like fuck what'd joe you like, do lucas what guess happened? he didn't guess he didn't live up to the responsibility of the position hey 
Uh, I literally can recite this movie word for word off by heart. Mark with a C with a K. <laughs> He's the best stoner laugh. He's so funny. Him. Right. Pre Seth Rogen. Like, yeah. let's be real. He was he was a great stoner. Because he was in a couple of movies where he kind of played that sort of esque thing. Well, yeah, because like he was great. he was like he was in um National Lampoon's Family Vacation. He was in Dutch can't, and Can't Hardly uh, Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. All I Want for Christmas. Like, like there was just he was a bunch of a lot of he was in Once Upon a Time. Harold and Kumar. He played the the one of the jerk uh that Harold works for in the first one. Yes, yes, yes. Where they like totally fuck them over at yeah. like White at White Castle like the next day. Tries yeah, to, that. but then he yes. like stands up to them. Yeah. Uh back to the store. We Gina and uh the Corey scene where Corey's like, I'm gonna offer myself to Rex Manning. 16 bitch, and you've never done it before. I think she's 17. Seven, even still, even I think still. I she's Come 17. On, what do you mean by that? What? Being that age and not doing it yet. What do you mean by that? No, the fact that she's gonna offer herself to this Rex Manning guy like at 17. Like, I feel like that's just okay. a little bit like but- I- I'm not slut shaming her, but come on, at least try, like, like at least. But, I know, I know, I know. Okay, 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 okay. But just, I don't okay. know. It just put, seems. Put, put yourself, 17 year old Steffi, who was your crush, your celebrity crush in, at 17? Who was it? I don't know if I still would have gone through with it, though. I say I, I, that I was with her. Like, I know, but so. I like... can tell you right now, I fucking would have. Yes, I fucking would have. I would have jumped Jacob from O-Town like that, like <laughs> that. If I was over the age of, because I'm two years older than him, mm-hmm. but I was in love with Zach Hansen. At 16, I was 14, so that would be wrong. I was 18, right. he was 16, that would still be wrong. So I'd have to wait till my 20s, but still, like if we were the same age and I was 17, fuck yeah, I would. That would have been me. That would be an amazing first time story. Are you that kidding? Me. I, get, I lost I my virginity to a fucking celebrity. Yes, but, but. Like, well, we're going to get to that scene, but I feel like I need to mention it now that I feel like when she proposed that to him, he knew because because he asked her how old she was. Right. And she said old enough. So she did not specify her actual age. Knowing this, I think he was deliberately disgusting to turn her off. Yeah, because he knows better than I feel like that's what I want to believe, especially better to not do it with an underager. Okay. And especially in this this special fans edition, because he has it's a different scene, right? Because in in the normal edition, he says he unzips his pants and says, "Well, rock and roll," and then she's like, "Oh, disgusting," and leaves. But in the special fan edition, he's like, "I hope you like the taste of blue cheese." Yeah. Okay. So I thought it was like that's why I was like, "Why does this seem like so different?" Yeah. Like I feel like he was purposely disgusting to turn her off. Mm-hmm. And then he thought it was probably better to kind of break her heart or whatever than to statutory rape her because that's what it was it wouldn't have been sex absolutely it would have been statutory rape well that's what i'm thinking like she's 16 and he's old like that's why the whole situation just seemed so weird to begin with as well because offer herself to him like she should also like if he was kind of maybe know better right and that's what you were saying zach hansen and jacob they were closer still to our age not someone like there was no way that i was gonna be like ooh, denzel washington i want to like you know if if i was like 16 and he came along or something because he was like like man, time of the man of the year or whatever or you know what like, that though? like i don't I mean, know if i would like i, I mean, don't know like a lot of girls our age when we were like 16 loved brad pitt 
Johnny Depp, true. they were, it's they true. were older. Like they were probably like 10 years our senior. Mm, true. But, but still like, I think Rex Manning had, even though he comes off as egotistical and just, but how old is Gina? Is Gina of age? I don't know. I think she they is. don't, I, I, I think, think so. she is because they do pers, pers, um, what's that word? Um, the fuck Personify, is that word? Personify, Personify her, portray her, portray, portray her as slutty. Right. But very... I also think that she's, I think she's older. Like, I think she's over 18. Cause it I feels think her like and she Corey has... are just friends. Cause they work at the same place. And they just have, yeah, they happen to really get along and stuff. Cause she's got like a car and everything. And it Ooh. seems like Gina's more established. Side note. Yeah. I fucking want her truck. I want that fucking truck, a convertible <laughs> pickup truck. Fuck yeah, I want it. Uh, That's a glorious truck. And I'm sorry, Corey, there's 24 usable hours in every day. Fuck you. Work a full-time fucking job, and then we'll talk. Well, that's why she's got her speed addiction. Which we'll anyways, later. Anyways, okay. Anyways, so, sorry, we're getting we're, off we're, tangent. We're getting off tangent. So off topic. They open, they all come to the store and they decide to play the music, the opening music for the morning. <laughs> and so they got this- brown. So they do this by choosing, they take a pack of M&Ms, everybody gets an M&M, and then they call it a color of M&M from the box. How about orange? And it ends up being Mark. And and then they all groan, but then they all start singing the song. So. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but this song. Okay, so because throughout the movie, Mark is portrayed as kind of like a metalhead a little bit. Yeah. Right? It's a little bit of a metalhead. Stoner, but metalhead. But this song is not metal. It's 90s rock. And I'm sorry, AJ, but you seriously have a giant fucking stick up your butt. To if think you it'll be to... a sterile. Yeah, you're like, oh, listen to this shit is going to make you sterile. And then sure. he fucking takes the lighter to the CD. Fuck you. Who are you to fucking damage someone else's property? And sorry, AJ, but you have shitty taste in fucking music. But he's a stupid artiste because of the fact that he glues fucking nickels Ooh, to, the, okay, you know to what, the carpet. I love... I love that though. I love that because art, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm-hmm. The art, what, what the quarter thing tells me. So, okay. So for any of you guys who haven't seen it, obviously, um, Joe knocks the bucket of quarters out of Lucas's hands when Lucas comes in and Lucas or, and Joe is like, where's the money, Lucas? And he's all like, it's in Atlantic city. It's in Atlantic city. What's it doing in Atlantic city? Recirculating. <laughs> yeah. Great lines for Lucas. Yeah. Um, so where the quarters fall is where AJ glues them down. And I think that is such a great, like, like just a show of, of artistic or artistry because those will forever be there. And everyone will know that that was because Joe got pissed at Lucas for stealing nine grand from him. No, I, I understand. But at the same time, nineties, they just had those like beatnik artiste peoples. And that's what he just, that's what you mean. Like fuck him for being that, you know, burning the CD. And it's like, that's the kind of you know yes. you know highbrow person that he would probably would have been like you know those pretentious fuck yes yeah. artist and pretentious i, I yeah. really want to know what the amount was that he glued to the floor i tried to find it it didn't have anything on it and then i find it funny that he's let what he wants to tell Corey he loves you by 1 37 p.m that's a that great is an time. excellent time yeah excellent time oh uh, side note though did, did you know that the guy that plays burko coyote shivers at the time of filming this movie, mm-hmm. he was Liv Tyler's stepdad. Yep. I was reading that in the IMDb. He is 12 years night. older than her. He's 12 mm-hmm. years older than her. Because his her mother is B.B. Buell. Yep. And obviously her biological father is Steve Tyler, Steve Tyler. of Aerosmith. But I just, I found that really interesting because I didn't know that until today. Yeah. I read it last night on IMDb. 
Yeah, that's where I got it from too. And then at this point, Deb walks in and goes straight to the bathroom, bathroom. and shaves her head. And Robin Tooney actually did shave her head for this scene. You like you can tell when you're watching it that she's shaved her head for the scene because then later that year she ends uh, uh she's having to wear a wig in craft in the craft. So when she films yep. the craft, it's actually a wig. Um, and I need to ask, why the fuck do they have clippers in their bathroom at work? Because uh, Joe, maybe Joe needs it for a date or something like that. You know, I don't know. He has long hair. He has long hair. Maybe sometimes nobody he... else in that store has a buzzed head. Maybe that that not the right shaver. Maybe not the, the right thing. Not even the same thing. Back hair. <laughs> I don't know. I got a date. Shave my back. Well, <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm giving you other options here. Maybe someone left them there from previously I, I don't know oh maybe i don't, I don't know. know going going back to uh to Corey talking about rex vanning yeah and how she was talking about how she loved him in the family way i love the family way the actual show starred rex vanning max caulfield's actual real life sister-in-law Haley mills mm. of the parent trap fame or passion because be, no that's no, not, not passions her. later um what was it later on for uh say by the bell yeah, but that is That's her name was wasn't thinking. Mills. Her name wasn't Mills in the show. No, I know, but that was the one I was thinking of. I was like, it wasn't it was, Passions. It was that later on. I forget. But Passions was um, her sister's show. Her sister was yes, Tabitha. Her sister was and Tabitha. Tabitha is the one married to Max Caulfield. Oh, okay. So I was, I was still in the same family. Same family. I yes. knew her something. Yes. I just remember Passions. That was such a great fucking show. It was. It was and then so also. Good. Something else I found really fucking interesting that I didn't know about this show, this movie, was that it was completely filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, which all of you should know is home to One Tree Hill. Yes, and I love North Carolina. We've driven through it while going to Florida, and it's so they're they're it's they're, they're hot. Their highways are fucking stupid because it's two lane high. Sorry, it's two lane highways, like the whole way through the state. But so so it's ridiculous. So there's so many people going through the state, but it's like two lane highways. But it's also a beautiful state. So. Uh, but yeah, so uh, looking through my thing. So shit, yeah, Deb. Uh, also, another thing with like this whole Deb storyline, like they they get pretty like real with her like storyline, which I thought was pretty. I don't know. Very, the '90s, they just seem to get very raw and real with a lot of movies and stuff with these like storylines with like the you know sli slicing your wrists or like the you know. Yeah, like they definitely try to touch on it because they, I think the '90s is when movie and TV makers were starting to realize we need more representation. Yes. And I don't mean people of color, which it should have been, but they're more or less talking about like how Corey is a speed freak because she's got all the pressure from her family to do perfect in school and be the perfect daughter and be the perfect person. And then there's, there's Deb who also has mental health issues because like her mom is not around and she's having relationship issues. And she Gina is classified as the slutty because of the way yeah. her mom is and like all of these yeah these different tropes and that and i just think i think uh if you read into this movie a little bit more like if you overanalyze it like we do yeah <laughs> um i think what they're trying to do is portray that there's more than one different type of mental health issue yeah there are several different things and and um trying to break a generational pattern well we didn't know that that's what they were doing then Let's now, in hindsight, in hindsight, yeah. At 12, and I don't I even think. Well, and I don't even think they knew that they were doing that, but I think they were definitely trying to represent that there are different, like, because they didn't. Mental health wasn't really the forefront, but they were definitely trying to show that there are different types of people out there. We are all living different kinds of lives, and we need to accept each other. But 
now when we look at it, it's like, oh, you're definitely trying to represent different mental health types and different, you know, addictions. Because also, like at this time, you had also a very much into the AIDS crisis and, the you know, the gays were coming as a forefront into the 90s. So it was another thing that was coming. We had lots, lots of representation yeah, this, coming. This wasn't very long after AIDS was RIDS, which yeah. for you who don't know, was gay related, uh, was gay related immuno, no. What the fuck is that? Um, immunodeficiency. Yes. Syndrome. Immune. Whatever. But yeah, no, it was like it was it like AIDS was originally gay-related immuno something disease syndrome or something, and then they realized, oh, it's not just amongst the homosexual community. It happens to it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Which like and this movie, I think, is ugh, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with this. I'm sorry representation <laughs> yeah no just just general representation like obviously yeah. nothing phase related is in this movie no but yeah it was definitely there was definitely lots but of they touch <laughs> on addiction and they touch on relationship issues and trauma and family pressure with Corey getting into harvard and like you know joe like that. joe and lucas lucas and we find out with lucas how his parents you know and his mom turned him over to the state they- at 10 because for being a bad egg right like there's there's lots yeah. of different yeah lots of different at play here lots of different things at play or even yes. when she's in like the thing what you gonna fix me joe like are you gonna fix me and then he's just like well you know what deb you're doing a good job and she's like that Makes actually made me better. that actually feels better and it's like i watching that now i'm like i kind of totally understand that just that one person that i took that line as to sarcasm you? no Nope. I, I took that line maybe, of sarcasm. Maybe back in the day I would have, but now I don't. Because when you've gone through like your own mental health and that one person just like you're doing good, you're like, wow, that just literally just not a bunch, yeah. but it just makes you feel that little bit better. So I totally get it that way. Yeah, that's true. Um that's what I mean. This this movie hits deep, guys. It totally yeah. hits deep if you want it to. <laughs> yeah. Um getting back onto a little bit lighter note. Lighter note. Um watching this movie as a kid, like 12 and up or whatever, I have always wanted to just fucking cut off my hair and shave my head like Deb did. Sometimes I've always wanted to do that. My sister did it. I was just going to say, didn't your sister do it? Yeah, but we're not talking about that because that didn't go very well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, like that is just something that, I don't know, who doesn't want to fucking do that? And I think now in this day and age, it's a lot more easier because you can find cheap wigs nowadays so that for the days that if you didn't want to just be that you could buy like a couple of different wigs to put on and stuff like that there's a lot i've seen it's a lot more cheaper and easier nowadays for that stuff yeah that's true um i also after when deb comes out of the bathroom and aj confronts her about like the bandage on her wrist and she's like oh i went to rock and roll heaven last night and it wasn't on the guest list now excuse me i've got to go to work yeah Yeah. i know this movie word for word when lucas is like she's fine she's in the store like she'll be okay blah blah blah, or whatever and aj's like what's with you today he's like what's with today today or whatever i want to know what lucas was like before that day what kind of personality does he have because this is the only lucas that we know yes i want to know how normal he was because to me he doesn't seem like a normal person he oh he seemed to me like always an eccentric type of personality but his like over positivity doesn't seem like this is what he would normally yeah. be like who knows where thoughts come from they just, just appear, appear right mm-hmm. <laughs> i love that line fucking love that line Ooh, love it come from they just appear yeah <laughs> so at this point they start setting up for 
We mustn't dwell. That's Manning Day. I heard you on the wireless back. Look back in 52. So that song, every time now I hear it, I'm always just like, not Rex Manning Day. And so Lucas, not because Joe actually confined him to the couch. Once he found out about the money, we didn't really say that. Joe tries to sit down, shut up and don't you move. So I don't grabs- want you to leave from that couch unless it's to get me $9,000. <laughs> grabs him to the couch, uh, tells him not to leave. But as they're all getting ready for Rex Manning Day, he wants to, you know, have fun. So he picks up one of the cushions and then walks away. And then Mark's like, oh, so I guess he didn't leave the couch. He's like, well, not the whole couch. Yeah. And then that was when he was talking to Mark about his band. He's like, you got to think of a name. And Mark was like, well, my name is with a K. Okay. <laughs> so-, so I was thinking of naming my band Mark with a C. So it was that psychedelic trip thing. <laughs> He's like, always mess with their minds. Keep them. Yeah, because this is when he sees Warren or someone. shoplifters. He sees someone shoplifting in this oversized jacket and all of this. Where did he get his running shoes from? Is that a MacGuffin? I think so. Why were his running shoes just sitting there? Laying by the stairs, right? Like, do they get shoplifters often? Is this something that Lucas does on a regular basis? So he knows he needs to have running shoes at the store. I and I'm sorry, but nowadays, no, you are not supposed to do that. You you see someone shoplifting, you have to let them leave the store with the store's property or you cannot charge them for, for shoplifting. At least where I've worked anyway. You have to let them leave the store with the product. It's the 90s and it makes for a funny story. Which, fuck do I love Gina's announcement. I fucking love her. Attention Rex Manning fans, to your left, you will notice night manager Lucas um, chasing, was this chasing a shoplifter? Okay, maybe I don't know it off by heart. Um, He will be caught. He'll be caught and cooked and fried in a vat of hot oil and served to our first hundred customers. Just another tasty treat of the gang at Empire Records. Yeah. (laughs) ready steady go and all the things he say did you know that warren Beatty, like the guy who played his who was his stunt double actually broke a rib when he ran into the car door i don't blame it that's pretty that's a pretty that's probably why he hit the ground and went oh shit (laughs) right and i love it because it's like he's sitting in like what would have been a brand new 1996 or like 95 96 mustang and you just look at it and you're like oh it's so funny yeah, when I when I saw this like as a teenager, because I I've loved I've loved Mustangs forever. So when I saw this, I was like, Lucas, you could have damaged that door. You could have picked a different vehicle. Oh, good lord! Um, Why don't you stick those CDs up your butt? Because it would hurt a lot. Hurt Warren. a lot, Warren. <laughs> It's like, how old are you? Old enough to shove my foot up your 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 butt and splatter your brains on the wall? Yeah, he's a juvenile. Yeah, he's juvenile. <laughs> and he's just like, he goes, he's like, no. Hits him in the forehead. No. <laughs> no. Taffy, no. Oh, Warren. Definite amateur. And then they like take Polaroids. Polaroids. Rap. Um, metal. Rap. Metal. metal Whitney Houston. Oh, uh, one of those rap Dr. albums was Dr. Dr. Dre. Dre. I noticed that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then when Rex Manning comes in and they're all dancing around, like Gina's wearing just the the Music Town apron. She's like, I think Music Town is confused on their no revealing clothing issue. I think so. Revealing clothing. Like starts dancing. Welcome to Empire Records. May I service you? 
I do have to say though, I love Deborah Bazer's look in this movie. The red hair, her piercing blue eyes, her like newsboy hat and like her her getup, like her outfit that she's, oh, I fucking love it. I think she's adorable. Yeah. Love her. Let's be real. Her eyes is what makes, what what's her, her million dollar feature? We all know. Oh that my God. Is. Her oh. eyes are amazeballs. Oh. Like amazeballs. Huh. But, and have you ever noticed that Rex Manning looks like he's constantly wearing too much white eyeshadow <laughs> like oh. even in the video for like say no more yeah like he looks like he's wearing white eyeshadow maybe that was maybe that was and the point they're trying to make him more like you know his hair looks exactly the same in the video and it does when he walks in empire records he's all like you cut it too short no he fucking did it's the same fucking hair stop it you're just being egomaniacal and well, you're being a dick. That's what they're trying to portray. That's why. Yeah. He does that. Yeah. He's, he's the, the fucking, I'm the best kind of celebrity when he's actually just a washed up has been. And so yeah. basically this is, yeah, this is when Rex Manning comes uh, obviously as we head to the store. And so now, and I love when they show like the line of when he finally comes out and everyone's like, Oh my gosh. And then they've got the one like male guy that you's oh and he's in like the oh he's, just he's so wearing excited. that purple blouse with yes, like the, the peasant cuffs the peasant cuffs yep yeah. and he's just so he's like so excited he's like oh and then the, the old lady Mona more, say no more. Say no more, more. Oh, and like, oh you were my favorite singer in high school who's your favorite singer now you you, you, still, you. still you still you still you then, oh the the girl um the teenage girl the teenage girl is actually ethan Embry's sister Oh, okay. The one that came for an autograph with her mom or for her mom. She's like, I don't even know. Who I've never heard of you. I don't even know who you good. are. Good. Good. Did you see the look on his face? Fucking good. Bruise his ego a little bit. Take him down a fucking peg. Yeah. Yeah. Dick. He's such a jerk. Such a fucking jerk. And then what's his face? Mitch comes in to try and get the money and, you know, flesh to, to, you know, hello, I am Rex Manning. My beatnik father turned it into a radio, radio or record store. Yeah, because it used to be bed, bath, and bidets. Yep. Snaps for you. Snaps around. <laughs> also, um, when... Oh, okay, so what I find funny, because, like, now it, they're waiting on the cops to come pick up Warren. And what's his nuts? Mark comes into the back room to get, get uh, him a bottle of water. And Lucas asks him, like, who his favorite singer is. And he says, Axel. I find that odd. Like, I wouldn't expect, like, like knowing up to, knowing Mark up to this point in the movie, I wouldn't take him as a Guns N' Roses fan. Like, maybe, yes. Like, I would take him as, like, yes, he would be a fan of Guns N' Roses, but I wouldn't really expect him to say Axel's his favorite singer if he's really into metal music. Like, it seems to me like his favorite band is... Later me, is, listening like, to Guar or whatever, yeah. And Guar and Guns N' Roses... Are not really... Not, but, but there's also to be said, like, I like a lot of different types of music. I just, I wouldn't have taken it like Axel to be his, his favorite one, of me. Yeah. yeah. But I love it when he, he asks him the question, if like, if Axel, you think if Axel saw Rex Manning broken with broken down on the flat tire on the side of the road, do you think he'd stop and help? And he's like, tick, 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 tick. Does Axel have a jack? Ding. Like, I love that part. No, Axel would put his foot on the glass and Warren. Yeah. He'd like, put his foot on the glass, take oh. him and Where's all this hostility, I Warren? I take that sucker out. Back when you could actually demagnetize like the alarm thing on CDs. Alarm CDs and that. Yeah. Now I don't think you could. No. But I think we already talked about that. The best lines. Well, Sinead over Billion. Yeah. 
And then I think some point okay. angry's Joe's angry jump solo is comes out. And if you want blood, okay. So you I also get it. I also need to talk about these uh, listening booths because this is something that you children don't. Which also is part of a millennial moment as well. It could have been our millennial these, moment today, but we wanted to start out differently. But still, these were starting to phase out as we got to that age. Yes, because I I remember like being at like Sam the Record Man or Sunrise, and they had listening stations. Like yeah. the ballet dancer at Empire Records, where she's just yes, at a station. At a station. We didn't have booths. We just had stations. Yeah. yeah. But where you could listen to whatever you kind of wanted to. Yeah. Oh, that's just something kids will never like understand nowadays is like yeah. going to like the record studio and listening to a CD on like picking those headphones up off the wall, picking the CD and listening to it before you buy it. And I just... really want to know because Joe, what before Joe goes to goes to talk to Deb and tells her she's doing a good job, like he's walking past the booths and looking in them, and then one of them he knocks and goes, "I want to know what who who was doing, like who was in there and what were they doing?" Because I know they do show a couple that during were like going his at drum it solo during yeah. the montage, yeah. But they, but was it the same couple? Was it someone just kind of like playing with himself or herself? Like I want to know what they were doing. They never showed it. Of course not. It was it was PG. It was still a PG PG thirteen movie. They can't show these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I find it's funny that Deb is filling out the quarterly tax returns. She's Why probably would... the accountant for the store. But I just feel like at a young age, that's like that's 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 quite a it's quite a feat for her. Good good job, girl. Like I just thought that was like. I hope she's getting paid. Like I'm hoping she's getting a compensation for that. But like that's what I mean. Like like you know, for a young age, like does she know to do proper? Like do it properly. Is she getting properly compensated? Is she just you know, or is it something she's just wanting to learn? Like it was. I was just thought that was funny that like a a young person is filling out the quarterly tax returns. <laughs> versus yeah. Joe versus Joe or Mitch. Like they're the the owners managers. You know. Yeah, you would think that they'd have like someone who's a bookkeeper. But you know what, like. That was the same thing at like Giant Tiger, like the girl that was responsible for all of our bookkeeping and accounting and stuff. Like she was still on the floor and doing the retail stuff with us. Like, but like he said, like, but how, how do we know how old these people are? Because we know Corey is 17. Yeah. We know that. AJ, probably like 19. Because he talks about guess, going a little to, bit older. He talks about going to art school. So he's probably not too far yeah. into his 20s. And Burko is living in a fucking shack on the river behind the store store and he's dating deb, deb. so i feel her like her mom her mom is mia i feel like they're like, gonna be like early 20s 21? like maybe 21 20 like super early 20s like maybe 22 yeah is my guess yeah around there so it wouldn't really be that surprising to me that deb would know how to do that plus back then things were more lenient. Like you didn't have to have a degree for this or a bachelor's for this or a diploma for this. Like you could just go into a job and fucking learn it. Yeah. It was, it was towards the end of that, but yeah, I, I agree. It was, yeah. yeah. Like programs were starting to come out and more requirements were starting for those positions, but I were just overanalyzing this. Fuck you, English media in grade 11. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we now have the Rex Manning throwing each other. We have first we have Corey throws herself at Rex Manning. And like we kind of talked about it earlier. So then she goes up to the roof. Wait, and then that's did we around... talk about it on here? Or are we talking about it before we started recording? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I can't remember. So I don't remember. Should we just talk about it we'll again? Just talk just about case. it again. Just in case. So Rex Manning. I think we talked about it at the beginning. Yeah, because I mentioned why she was 16. Either way, she throws herself at Rex Manning and he basically disgusts her. So she kind of runs away yeah. up, up to it. Like, 
And apparently I, I was reading on IMDb that like it actually, so in the running time, it happens like this happens. And then apparently it's seven minutes between the time from when she, this happens to when AJ's up on the roof or something. So it actually well, AJ, itself one thirty-seven. AJ checks his pocket watch, which by the way, how yes. fucking cool is it that he has a pocket watch? That's what it um, is, a pocket watch. And it's, it's one thirty, And then yes. exactly seven minutes later in the movie, in real time and in the movie is when Corey comes up to the roof after she throws herself at Rex. Yeah. After he's all like unzips and is like, hope you like the taste of blue cheese. Yeah. Being a jerk to her. So then he tries to say he loves uh, it her. It depends on what he's eaten. Right. <laughs> I'm not a fan of blue cheese either way. So it doesn't matter. Um, he needs to eat more pineapple. <laughs> so Corey goes up to the roof and AJ wants to tell her he loves her. And then of course she's just thrown herself at Rex Manning. So she's all like, I can't handle this right now. I can't do this right now. And I don't blame her. Like, I, I you know, like I, 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 no, give me. And he gets mad at her for this. And he's like, you know what? I don't care if you're mad at me for this. I, I asked you for a few minutes because I just, I just need a few minutes. You need to just chill. I don't care. Anyways. And, okay. But I also understand his reaction too. Cause he literally, like he should have just given her some time, but he felt that he, him getting his feelings out and telling her how he feels was more important then giving her a minute to compose herself. Yeah. Another version of the patriarchy, of the gaslighting, of the manipulation, of bullshit like that. And then later on, when she goes to apologize to him and is like, I don't think of you that way. And we, I think we have something more special than that as friends and whatever. And he's like, that's bullshit, Corey. You know it's bullshit. No, it's fucking not. You are negating her feelings. She is telling you how she fucking feels. And you are telling her that's not how she feels. Yeah. Fuck you, AJ. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. That was the 90s, guys. 90s. Um, hindsight. Hindsight. I also found funny when they're uh, when they're going around and they played the Romeo and Juliet song and Ethan Embry runs, walks down the stairs. That's Max Caulfield's stepdaughter. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. And it's, I, found uh, it, I found it funny because that song is also used and can't hardly wait for like kind of an important scene with Ethan Embry. So I just thought that that's a funny like little like with those yep. only, like, and part. ethan embry and Liv tyler were also in um that thing you do together yeah. i love that movie doing that thing you do that movie's so good breaking my heart into a million pieces thank you tom hanks for that one although can i just say how cool it is it cool is it that they have like a fucking rooftop hangout that's pretty cool like that's fucking awesome yeah, i love this? hanging out on roofs but how come there's no nothing else in this building above them other than this record store? Like, shouldn't there be like apartments not to or mention or like in other the, build build businesses in the back in the staff room? Um, they have stairs that go nowhere. See, like, like a, unless there's like a door that leads into like Joe's office, because you have like the countout room where Gina and Rex Manning fuck. Where we'll get to that later. Then there's we're the actually staircase, at that part almost the staircase that leads to nowhere, and then Joe's office. Like there's, I want to know where those staircases go, but this is only a two-story building and the whole record store is two stories. Because remember, Mark is like, we can't dwell, not today, because that's when he oh, runs down the stairs. Downstairs, yeah. And it's like, not on Rex Manning Day. Not on like, Rex Manning Day. Yeah. Um, so after Corey doesn't sleep with uh, Rex Manning, she, G, she kind of freaks out on Gina as well too. And so Gina ends up throwing herself at Rex. Well, no, it was... Um, it was because, okay, it was because Corey basically slut-shamed Gina. She was giving her bra back and she's like, 
Regina was like, well, don't worry. We'll get you another guy. And Corey's like, well, I don't need to be like you. I don't need another guy. I don't need to run off and like do that. And she's like, what turbo slut? Is that what you mean? Like, I got to go off and do every, do every guy I see. She's like, well, you certainly seem to enjoy it. Like, fuck you Liv. She is owning her (laughs) sluttiness. No, she is a confident woman. She knows what she wants. She goes after it. She fucking gets it. But at the same time, don't go after Rex Manning. Like, like it just, as a girl and as a friend and a thing, that is like kind of, uh, you know. uh, uh. Like there's the girl code. There is the girl code. This definitely was not slutty of Gina, but this was really bad friend of Gina. It was almost like she was just proving what Corey had said to her. Like that was literally just proving what Corey said. But I think that might be why she did it. Because she was like, oh, you're going to slut shame me? I'll fucking show you what a slut is. And I know she's of age. She's consented to it. She's the one that came on to him, which by the way, wrong fucking color. Yeah, that was not navy blue. That was just royal blue. That was a royal blue, not navy blue. blue. Not navy. In what fucking world is that navy blue? I agree. I keep saying that every time. That's royal. That's not navy. Side note, jockey is super comfortable. Uh, Just saying. Sacks. But yeah, so then like so then (laughs) so what? So then um they're all like in the back. And they're like, well, where's Rex? And and uh, Deb is like, I got a better question for you, Joe. Where's Gina? And they figure out they're they're fucking in, in the, the countout room, ca- cash out office. Yeah, yeah. So the, <laughs> Luke, and this was right after Joe beats up Lucas for calling him superb. Um, and Which we'll talk about in a second oh, as well. We, can we go back to that? Sorry, let let's go back to that scene. Yeah, way back to that scene. So way back to that scene. So after after Corey and AJ have their blowout and AJ fucking gaslights Corey and tells her that her feelings are bullshit and she takes more speed. He goes to Deb, tries to make um, Corey jealous by using Deb, listening to like, say no more, money more in the store. And she's like, oh, veto, 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 blah, 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 right? And he's like, no, I'm sexy. And she's like, no, you're stupid. And he takes her hand and puts it on his crotch for starters. So he's trying to make Corey jealous using Deb, this guy's an asshole. The more I watch this as I'm getting older, because I'm posting my 40s, like, he's a fucking asshole. I never really liked AJ whenever I watched it. He, mm. I didn't either. I, yeah, no, I didn't either. So then at that that point, that's when Joe gets mad and is like, laugh it up, dance it up, because this is going to be a music town by next week. And Lucas is like, what are we supposed to do instead, Joe? And he's all like, keep it up, Lucas. He's like, you're a superb manager. Say it again, superb. And he takes him and like throws him in the office, beats the shit out of him. And he's like, you know, you deserve that. He goes, yeah, I know. So when they're looking for Gina and Rex, Lucas is like, oh, check the sofa. I love that. I'll check the sofa. I'll check the sofa. And no one goes anywhere. If you notice, they just go to other rooms in this back room so that they can still see what's going to happen. And then Corey comes in because she's like, I'm not feeling well. Can I go home? And then she goes to the cash out out now. She goes to the cash out office and it won't open. And she's like, where's where's everybody? Where's Where's, where's Gina? Gina? Where's Rex? And she figures it out and throws her cash cash jargon down and gets angry and then at this point she has her well Mm -hmm. gina and gina and rex come out first actually and rex is like what no applause like really and then aj although aj is a jerk at least he does go after rex and then he gets and then then he gets sucker sucker punches him yeah how could you man with rex manning right oh that's also another thing that's another that's also another different scene was where when Rex is leaving, because they're just like, you're just a washed up has been and nobody likes your music and your hair is stupid. 
in the original one, he's like, it's different. Fade yeah. away. He's like, why don't you all just fade away? But in and the then original- the other one, he's like, the remix one, he's like, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe your husband. Maybe you're right. And then he leaves. Yeah. So, so I, but I I, that's what I thought weird. I was watching this one. He's like, maybe you should just fade away. And I was like, wait, what? What did he? No. I'm, and I thought for a minute it was a Mandela effect because I was like, this is not what I remember. But then they changed it for the remixed edition. They just changed the edit. Yeah. yeah. So then like Eddie like walks past Gina and he's like, how could you man with Rex Manning? And then Corey's like, I hate you. And she leaves. And then Joe's like, why don't you go home? She's like, oh, I'm fired. He's like, I haven't fired anyone today. Why would I start with you? <laughs> Which I thought was and then, hilarious. And then I why love- would I start with you, Gina? Just because you slept with Rex yeah. Manning? No. And then Corey comes back in and she's like, is this how your life's going to be? You're going to sleep with every husband until your tits fall down. They don't want you anymore. At least I don't hide what I am. Right, Corey? And then she has her closeted speed freak. She- oh, these are diet pills and throws them yeah. at her. And then yeah. I can study all. Her- I could study all too. If I was chowing down speed, you Connor's wench for your perfect little face, your perfect body and your perfect family and your perfect school and your perfect, perfect future. And so of course, Corey freaks out because she's on speed and you know, she's freaking out. So she has a freak out, which is hilarious because she does the whole, like r- trashes the store and it takes four guys to take this girl down. And then like, we, I don't know if we mentioned it earlier or not before, but there's a, at this point when they're taking her down, there's a scene where Deb, in the remix version, which I'm used to, Deb runs out and she's like, Joe, let me take care of her. Like, I can take care of her. Like, let me take care of her. But when I watched it downstairs on the Prime and I didn't it have it. It was the original version they that just, didn't have that scene. Yeah, They just take her, kind of take her out down and cut her out. And then she's in the bathroom with Deb. So it kind of didn't make sense. You're yeah. just like, what? Which okay. I really think that that scene, that few seconds of the scene was, was way more important yeah. in order to explain the scene in the bathroom with Corey and Deb. Right. Because they have right? like, why all of a sudden, they've because never really been friends and why all of a sudden Deb, is she helping her and having this moment with her? Because in the beginning of the movie, it is portrayed that Deb absolutely fucking hates Gina and Corey. Corey more. Like yeah. she hates Corey. And I think it's because she views Corey as having the perfect family and the perfect life Which and she'll has everything never together. Have. But then she finally realized, after Corey's freak out, she realizes, wow, everybody has their problems. And that's what she says. She says, I guess not everybody, not nobody has it together, just like me, huh? Or whatever. So like, I think like that was a turning point in Corey and Deb's relationship, like hugely. Cause like by the end of the movie, they're all friends in like one big giant family, right? But yeah, no, I think, I think that was really great. And then that in turn helped Corey, Corey help so, Deb. Yeah. Cause she, once it kind of helped her out, she was like, okay, I, well, Deb's needs to realize what the, what the world would kind of be like without her. So she hosts like a, or a funeral, stages a, a funeral for Deb. And I love in the cut scene, because in the original, the scene's not in it, where she hands Deb her invitation to her own funeral. And she's like, I'm not coming. She's like, you don't have a choice. You're dead. Like, Again, these are things that I'm just like, I'm, oh, yeah, see, I'm so, I so love the remix edition because there's some good scenes that like some scenes that are really are- good. There are some good edited oh, out scenes, but the one that was weird, like which kind of also sort of but stupid, but kind of good. You all don't understand is at the beginning, her sister comes up on a bike and gives Corey her acceptance letter to Harvard. So that and then later when her dad sends her flowers, it kind of makes sense and stuff. So there like there are yeah. some little scenes that do sort of make sense in it, but it's also you're like, well, her little sister didn't. Yeah. Cause like when I first like when I before I ever saw like the special edition fan mix or whatever, because I don't think we had that one that part never occurred to me. I always assumed that she was just in Harvard, like already going to Harvard because AJ talks about it, like yeah. going to Harvard and Boston. And I, I can do without the sister scene. 
Like, I don't think that one was very No, but it was definitely one of the things where it's like, okay, it kind of does help you progress with that story at least a little bit. Oh, we also forgot with Warren when he gets taken away by the police. I'll be back and you'll be so sorry. So after Deb's funeral. I am sorry. So during Deb's funeral, Warren comes back and starts shooting up the place. No, it's not. It's not during her funeral. It's after. Was it after? It's well after. It's um. They were in the back room. So Mark is having a meltdown because he's the only one in the storefront. And he, Paige is like, help me, help me, help me. And AJ goes out to help him. And then Ethan comes back. Mark comes back to the, the funeral and then that's where um, yeah, so it's all, Lucas, it's going that's where Lucas mentions he's a bad egg. Deb unwraps her wrist and is like, I tried to kill myself with a lady bick, a pink plastic razor, blah, 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 or whatever. And then the shooting happens. Like I just fucking watched it. I, it's not I during that scene. It's not during that scene. I'll find it. It's in my notes. Yeah, because then Deb comes up. She's like, I talked to God. And he said, she, we said, what's up? She says, what's up? She says, what's up? Um, Sorry. Well, anyway, okay. Anyway, when the shooting because starts. Because, yeah, AJ's behind. I'm pretty sure AJ's behind the counter. Yes, you know what? You're, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's yeah. what breaks up Deb's funeral. Yeah. Is the, yeah, the you're shooting. Right. But I think why Deb, Deb was, I think, was the only one that figured out he was shooting blanks. She had no fear. She went directly up to him, right into oh. the, the gun. Like, I think she was the only one who realized he's shooting the gun. Nothing's getting hit. Or, Nothing is getting damaged. Or at the same time, she's literally just like, I don't give to a kill fuck. myself. I don't give a fuck. If you shoot me, a whatever, you're giving me what I already kind of sort of wanted at the same time. So again, that no fear, but yeah. Yeah, she's like, so I talked to God and she says, yo, what's, yo, what's up? up? And she wants to like lose the gun and- I just, I fucking, what do you want, Warren? Stop calling me Warren. My name, My name is, is fucking Warren. Uh, Best fucking line. Yeah. Best fucking line. I love that fucking line. You never find out his actual real name. No. And then it's you find never out mentioned. he just wants to work at the store. Yeah. He's like, are you going to get me? He's like, Lucas stole line ground from you and you don't do dick to him. So what, you're going to get me a job now? I'm like, Warren, do you just want, want to you work, work at a record store? No. I think you're lying. <laughs> yeah seriously we could just recite the whole fucking movie right <laughs> but we won't for the uh, so that at this point everyone chips in to a little bit of what they can to try and help to save the store and then they only have so much money and they're like damn what are we gonna do and then mark genius that he is because there's a there's obviously because of the shooting there's obviously some news cameras have shown up at, in front of the store and things like that so Mark decides to go out in front of these store, the store and these news cameras. And he's like, yo, I was a witness. And yeah, I saw the whole thing. But forget that. Tonight, we're going to have a big party here. Save the man. Damn the or Save the empire. Damn the man. So they have, he says, basically, they're going to have this big party at the empire to help save it. Um, I do just want to make a note of the funeral scene really quick. Yep. Where, because a lot of the people there, like Deb and Lucas and AJ, they get a lot of shit off their chest as does Corey and Gina yes that was Gina when Corey comes and back she, and she's like I, I don't want to be like my mother and she's like you won't be like your mother if you don't want to be like your mother and she wants to sing in a band and like all of this and I feel like that was such an important moment in all of their lives because it was super therapeutic it was very cathartic and I think it was a, a massive bonding moment that really like that was the moment in the movie where you thought they really became a family and a lot, a lot of people don't express their Your feelings, feelings. until yes. it's too late. Until it's too late. Exactly. Like, so I feel like what it's you an would... interesting therapeutic tool. Like you're saying, it's yeah. a very interesting therapeutic tool. Like what you would say at a friend's or family's funeral, say it to them while they're alive. Right. Make we it never... count while they're here. We never do. I love you, yeah. lady. I love you, Steph. <laughs> 
Like that meme that they say on Facebook. Say I love you yeah. as much as it is. Make it awkward. Um, also, before all of this happens, Mark has his little hallucination. hallucination. Because uh, what's his did, face gives him the brownie. Walt gives him Eddie, brownies. It's Eddie. Eddie, Eddie did, sorry. He's wearing a Walt shirt, but his That's... name's Eddie. Did he put mushrooms in it? Not weed? Because I'm pretty sure weed doesn't fucking make you hallucinate. I've been smoking it for 20 fucking years and I've never hallucinated. Well, and I've eaten it yes. and it's, it's, I've eaten it and it's never made me hallucinate. Like I've had mushrooms. Mushrooms fucking make you hallucinate. Weed does know. not. So I'm pretty sure he put fucking magic mushrooms in his goddamn brownies. Who knows? Just saying. Just saying. Just thought. He never, he never actually says what it is, but I always thought it yeah. was weed. And then it was like, no, once I started edibles, I was like, mm, no. And then something else we forgot to mention when Rex Manning leaves and Joe is like, here, take your purse. He's like, where's Jane? He's like, she quit, pal. Forgot yeah. to mention that Jane fucking Upton quit because Upton everybody quit. was laughing at her because she was she Working worked for Rex, for Rex Manning. Manning. And she's they were like that that teenage USA team Bapa type of shit, right? <laughs> Jane, did you did you counter in the uh, the amount of teenage boys compared to the amount of homosexuality amongst teenage boys and Rex Manning fans? <laughs> no. She actually well. tested well amongst the male teenage market. <laughs> and then she fucking quits. And then she comes back and she's like, Hey, I heard you need a new night manager. And I love because Joe she and secretly Jane. likes Joe. I love Joe. Me, Joe, you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. It's so adorable. So then, uh, they where are we? Throw oh, the party okay. outside That's, the empire. My notes are mixed up. That's why. Oh. Um, Which oh, I found I it was funny. Like, totally unsanctioned live events. Like, no kegs, no permits, no, like, no. Oh, anyways, oh, there's so much just. So when they were getting the money together for Lucas, like the nine grand, whatever, right? Yeah. And then they decide to throw this party and raise more money for it and whatever. Jane throws in $600 left over from the Rex Manning expense account. Would she not have to pay that back? Would that not be accounted for after she quit? Like when she tells her company, whatever, that she quit, would that not be something that they would be like, okay, well, your expense accounts is closed and we need that money back if you don't have proof of how you spent it on your job? Oh, I'm sure she could find proof. You know what I mean? mcguffin mcguffin she could just also um, find proof for it it's fine <laughs> yeah that's that's fairly true yes and also wait nope that's later i'll mention that later sorry i'm on the wrong page of my notes my notes are so fucked up like it's i had to do it on a weird fucking notepad yeah. um so then i love at the beginning of the party when people start to show up how they've got like the preppy the, girl group that comes out and then it's the like the hot box stoners van. and the then hot it's box this... van and then it's the skaters and then it's the slutty girls wearing the aprons like Gina. Yep. And it's like, and it was just funny that they literally like cleaked everybody out, like stereotyped. The, the, and the 90s the were really girl. the best time to be a teenager, I think. Like partying age teenager. I guess, yeah. I think so. Like that was pretty fucking epic party. I kind of wish I was there. <laughs> like I, the old ladies, the grandmas right. that were there in their moo's and their hair coolers, and like hair curlers, buying beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> sharing their beer like right. oh that's just adorable i fucking love that so then okay so this movie scene the song played for it is called sugar high by coyote shivers who plays burko okay it is on the soundtrack but not this version this version is so much better and this is renee zellweger's actual singing voice yes it is this was not dubbed and i think she is an amazing i love the raspy kind of kind of singing voices that she has like Joan Jett and like Betty Davis and like just the and this was before auto-tune as well people so like I absolutely love that Burko was like you're fucking doing the lead like right now just fucking singing and she did it and she fucking killed it and 
super happy, super proud of her. Right. Fucking love that. Like there's so many songs in this movie that were not on the soundtrack at all. I, this it was kind of like a situation where you could have had it like dazed and confused where you could have released a second well there's version. a lot of songs on the album that i don't even remember from the fucking movie because they're played like in the background you don't really even hear them yeah but other songs like the one that they sing to when they're opening the store seems to me yeah. like that song's not on the album and you they play almost the whole half of the song and it's a huge part of the movie like why the fuck was it on it or if you want blood like why wasn't that on the fucking soundtrack unless they didn't have the rights to licensing. put it on the soundtrack licensing like that would problems. make sense because we did bring this up in our in our episode about soundtracks with formidable opponents right Where, like there are, yeah always yeah, a problem licensing issues but always a problem so then fucking their party's full swing and mitch fucking comes in who by the way he reminds me a lot of that guy that on Gilmore Girls, where he was like the really boring guy that Emily tried to set Lorelai up with at dinner, like in the first or second season. Okay. Do you remember that episode? It was around the time that, that you first get introduced for Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I he's think so. like, he looks exactly like this guy, sounds exactly like this guy, but it's not this guy. Really? It's hmm. not the same actor. But I'm just like the way he talks and everything, like who took my money? Who took my money? Like it's it it reminds me of that fucking boring guy from Gilmore Girls. That's funny. So he comes but, in and uh Joe offers to he gets mad and he finds out that there's no money and everything like that. One and, of my employees needed it. Yeah. So he's like boss. And then he's like, Well, I'm gonna buy the store from you. Real and then he's like, Let me sell you the store. Real cheap. He got a great fucking deal. Right. So basically he ends up getting the store from Mitch because Mitch is, well, first he quits actually. And then Mitch can't handle the store for like the two seconds that he's doing it. And then he offers to sell it to him real cheap. So they get the store and Empire Records succeeds. Ha ha. Ha ha. Damn the man. Damn the man. Save Save the Empire. Empire. So I don't know if we mentioned it while recording or not, but it was actually originally supposed to be over two days. Yeah. In the plot, but they ended up editing it down to just the one day. To making it like a 24 hour period. Yeah. I would have been intrigued to have the second day. Yeah. And I would be really interested to know what like, because they cut 40 minutes out of it, out of the movie. And apparently they cut out three significant characters. Yeah. A bunch of characters. Yeah. I'm super curious. I want to know what the actual, like what it was actually supposed to be. Like who were those other three characters? Right. That's what I want to know. If there are, if they're in the movie, if we see them in the movie at all in the background or like, who are they? I want to know them. I want to know who they are. So I also um, need to talk about when Rex Manning is doing Gina, his, his purple fringe shirt. (laughs) Cowboy shirt. Cowboy with the fringes (laughs) and the tassel is coming down and a nice shade of purple. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rex Manning. You, you so Rexy, you so sexy. (laughs) Oh, Rexy. You so sexy sexy right oh my god yes oh fuck yes uh those fucking fringe oh man oh fucking man so moving on along the party uh fucking what's her her what's her face Corey. she goes up to the 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 roof pushes aj and yells at him and is like you have so much talent more talent than you know so special and you don't even know it yeah you're so talented. You're more talented than you ever know. And blah, blah, blah. I do love you, but I didn't know it was love because it's a different kind of love. And and like on all your that. stomach, blah, blah, whatever. And blah. then he tells her that he's going to art school in Boston so he could be near her. And then she's all like, yeah, falls into his arms and la, 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 la. What I want to know, when did AJ know he got into art school? 
how long has he known because at the beginning of the movie joe asks him to be a new the new closer and he's like well um i they i could definitely use the money because they just raised my rent right but then by the end of the movie 24 hours later he's going to art school maybe he must have gotten maybe that's a scene they cut out that we didn't get that he got or maybe he decided not not to go to art school after Corey initially rejected him maybe maybe he applied and just like his core same thing Corey got her acceptance letter during the day so why wouldn't he necessarily get an acceptance letter that same day as well which is only in the remix not the original but so maybe he got a boston acceptance letter later and then just didn't say anything again that scenes that we weren't told about so maybe i don't know i know i just i thought that was interesting agreed that that it was never really touched on because like at the beginning of the movie he not, he doesn't say a damn thing about art school and then by the 24 hours later he's going to art school in boston like unless he decided to apply but he wouldn't know he got in he wouldn't know like you can't tell Corey that you're going to art school in boston if you are only just applying yeah like if you hadn't already been accepted so that tells me he's already been accepted that he already fucking knew mm-hmm. and i'm sorry that's a little fucking stalkerish just fucking saying but she said that they at one point they were best friends so i guess maybe they know each other. and then he was secretly in love with her though right you know this and how does he live on his own if his rent is being increased again i think he's like 21 22 something like that like he's over 18 yeah like they cannot have a sexual relationship just yet no of course not they gotta wait like but she's graduating so she'll be 18 soon maybe she's 18 um, in like july <laughs> yeah um and also why was AJ the one fixing the sign? Should they have not gotten a professional for that? Maybe he was just getting so annoyed with it that he's like, I just don't want to be down with these people in these groups. I'm angry. So I'm just going to be up here and try to fix the sign and brood. Oh, no, because Joe sends him to fix the sign. Oh, so I'm just like, I sorry, unsafe work. I would refuse that. Um, it was the 90s. We didn't refuse unsafe yeah. work. Yeah, that's true. Because you didn't really know better. Um, So then at the end or whatever, they all they're all dead. I love the song at the end of the movie. Um. Watching the whites of her eyes turn red. I love that song. It's such a good song. Yeah. Um, so they all, yeah, they're I all up love, at the top of the roof dancing and being happy that, you know, they get the empire back now. I love um, Gina and Lucas when they're dancing. They're dancing close. Like they're they're together. They're holding hands like this or like like this or whatever. How, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're like staring into each other's eyes as they're like dancing. They've got these goofy grins on them. And I'm just like, they would make such a fucking cute couple. Yeah. They would be adorable together. Like, <laughs> right. like Joe and Jane are adorable together. And I love Jane's outfit with the suspenders. I love that. So yeah. Cute. The nine. Yeah. You but, guys, y'all want to do original nineties attire? Like watch this movie. I didn't realize how many crop tops there were though. I did. I actually, I noticed that in like the scene where I think the camera was angling down at the party from where they were performing on top of the sign. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that there was had that much crop top. Like there was a group of girls like right in front of the camera that were wearing the black crop top yeah. with baggy jeans and like their boy underwear sticking out that we talked about in Crossroads. Yeah. Uh, when that was around, like when that was TLC a thing. type thing, whatever. Yes. But like, and I it's funny because 90s like all the baby doll shirts and dresses. Well, but that's and- what I mean. Like I realized that there was like a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot. Well, now they're just called crops instead of baby doll t-shirts, but there were crop shirt. Like, cause I was like in that age where I wasn't like quite, cause you know, at that eight, at like what, nine, eight or nine, you're not really going to wear a bunch of crop tops or like baby tops as much because you're just not quite there. And then by the time I got old enough to maybe wear them, they were already gone. So it was like, so I, like, I didn't realize how much there was them. And then now that they're coming back around, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of short tops again. Yeah, a lot of like fucking midriff bearing 
tops and that's all. Or, but the thing, now. well, not even midriff bearing, but the thing is, is like they're wearing their jeans up here and then yes. their shirts are going to here. So it's kind of like, it's not really midriff bearing. It's just sort of like grazing. And the you know what? High, grazing the tops of their high rise. Cause I just probably got so far away from my mic. No, I can still hear you just fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Like I get that, but I just, so I bought new jeans the other day. Couldn't find a pair of fucking jeans without rips, without fringe at the bottom, without them being skinny jeans or ass. Oh yeah, I told you about this when I was at your house the other day. And I, I finally tried out my new jeans that I bought, put them on for the first time yesterday. And they're still fucking mom jeans. They still fucking come up to my belly button. I like, and I don't understand how girls, like it looks good on other girls where they wear their jeans that high and they've got the crop top and they're showing about this much of skin, which is like between like their, their rib cage and like just above their belly button. Like, I see that on other girls and it looks fine on me. Like I look like fucking apple bottom. You like just, just, you just gotta have the confidence to rock the shit because actually I, I've, and the I other just thing, don't feel like I have the shape for it. Like, I feel like I, my, my, my hips get fucking huge. Like, I just, I don't like the way the high waisted jeans look on me. I want my fucking low rise back. Well, see, here's the thing, Lindy, you can't shop. Well, and actually, which isn't terrible if you've watched any of these like fast fashion things and I'm pretty sure I brought it up, start going to the thrift store. But yeah, because um, that's probably your best bet to find like to find your old pants. And then plus, it's actually better for than buying new clothes. It's yeah. actually better for the society and better for all of us to buy. Yeah. And that's what I've been starting to do recently a lot more is I've been going and getting a lot of my stuff at the thrift stores and stuff like that instead of versus yeah, buying yeah. brand new. I still get like my underwear and certain particular mm. intimate so, items at the at brand new. But so the best the best outfit award for this movie goes to Corey. Because she's wearing that like Angora sweater with the plaid skirt and the high top docks. Gina's is pretty cute though too. I do it like it. It is, hers. but it's not, it's not typical 90s. Like it is 90s, but it's not like when I think 90s fashion, I think Corey's outfit more than Gina's outfit. A Debs. If that makes sense. And then also, yes. Deb's, Deb's tank top with the baggy pants. Yep. Yes. The guys I'd have to give to Mark. Cause he's wearing the skater pants and AJ, like skater though. with the chain. Yeah. The checkered shirt and the baggy sweater, sweater over like, top. The, like that's a the very box with the ripped jeans. That's the a knee. very yeah. 90. Yeah. But the Lucas, chain that Mark's wearing is very nice. But like Lucas like, is kind of classic. Burko's just kind of, again, classic, like rocker. Like they're not nothing. I guess they all are like, they're all very typical nineties outfits, obviously. Cause it's right. 95 when this was released. Right. But I just think Corey's outfit is like the pinnacle. Like, I think 90s movies or fashion, girls' fashion, I think plaid skirts a la like Clueless yeah. or Corey from Empire Records. Like yeah. it was definitely a, a fashion I loved, but never got to really wear because I wasn't really into skirts. I was more of a tomboy. So then after the dancing scene, roll yeah. credits. And then at the, during like the last half of the credit, you see Eddie and Mark sitting outside the curb of Empire Records, just talking about music and everything. Yeah. That was a legit scene. Like that was a legit um, conversation. That was happened between Ethan and the guy that plays Eddie. It was in between takes that the cameras were just rolling and they decided to just throw it on Leave at the end in. of the credits. That's funny. That's like, so that was actually their conversation, their thoughts, their feelings on whatever, on the bands that they were talking about. Bands that about. they were talking about. That's I just, great. I, yeah, I fucking, ugh, I love this movie. Except this movie, it's cult classic. You know, it's amazing. It's right it's up so there good. with Jason Confused. Like it even well, has a Jason I was gonna say, sticker on uh, the fucking ha- cash register. Have a nice days with that happy face on the cash register. Yep. Yes. Like it has, yeah, it's just like it. It's that quintessential 90s movie with the 90s music and the just, and it just represents that era in time. 
Like, if you want to know what the 90s was, you watch it. And this is what living in the 90s kind yeah. of felt like. And I have to give props to Erin, my sister, because she is the one who introduced me to this movie. Mm-hmm. Because again, I was 10, or sorry, you were 10. I was 12 when this movie came out. My sister was 16 when this movie came out. So, so when it came out on VHS, like she bought it right away and she watched it. And like, I just happened to watch it with her. Like I, it's not something that like, like it's one of those things where I would, like I saw it in passing yeah. and then it seems interesting and funny. So I sat down and watched it with her and then I'd watch it with her again and then watch it with her again. And then it just, just more and more on yeah. and on and on. And then, and I fucking, I know this movie like inside and out. I fucking love this movie so much. So good. So fucking good. Such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It is almost also 30 years old. Uh, sh- just saying. We're going to just keep that on the DL. Just saying. It's a. It's a confused. It's, it's older. I know what it, it is. It is. By two years. What? So it was Clueless. 1992, isn't it? Days 93. Confused. Oh, I thought it was 92. Well, it was. Yep. So that, yeah, if it was filmed in 1992, that means it was filmed yep. 30 years ago. Also, while I was Googling shit for this movie, um, it said something about Renee Zellweger being in Dazed and Confused. And I'm like, sure. that was Joey Lauren Adams. What the fuck? So That's I looked what I it up. And yeah, she's literally girl in blue truck. She's That's the girl funny. in the blue truck in Dazed and Confused. That's funny. So she's Because I'm just even... like, I was like, are you confusing her with Joey, Joey Lauren, Lauren Adams? Adams? Yeah. Like, that like because me too. Like, that, yeah, no, that. And then I have another note here that I... I feel like I need to mention, I just have to find it. I wrote, I was like, I hate that others don't know this movie as well as I do <laughs> because uh, it says, Oh my God, I can't read my fucking handwriting. Oh, when, when Mark is watching war and he thanks Eddie for the brownies because he hallucinates or whatever. He's like, thank you, Eddie, or whatever. I read on one fandom, like one fan quorum or whatever. Someone had, had commented. Now, is he talking about Eddie, his friend that gave him the brownies? Or is he talking about Eddie, the lead singer of Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden is not even in the fucking movie. He was watching Gwar. And yeah. obviously he was thanking Eddie for the fucking magical brownies that he was given. Right. You're a fucking moron. And I probably sound extremely egotistical and pretentious about this, but I deserve it. I've watched this movie hundreds of fucking times. And if you're going to comment online about a specific part in a movie that is a cult classic like this, you better know your fucking shit or you are going to get ripped a new asshole by pretentious, stuck up snob types like myself. And there you have it. (laughs) The Uh, end. The end. That was Empire Records in a nutshell. No, okay. <laughs> to the Louvre. Oh man, but no, this movie was so fucking good. Like, what what has it grossed so far? Did you mention that? Because I know you mentioned I, it's opening box office. I don't know if I saw what its total gross is. At I'll this find point out one now, second. But domestic box office total as of that can't be right. Theatrical performance was three hundred three thousand. That was what you said, right? Yep. Yeah, probably not. It's stupid. I don't know. I yeah, we can't. We don't know what the to date is. It's got to be like in the millions with like re- like DVD sales and fucking soundtrack sales and shit. Probably. Streaming. So streaming like it's got to be, I don't know. Either way, it's a cult classic. It's a fucking fantastic goddamn movie. It spawned several high profile celebrity careers. Yes. Like, like Liv Tyler, Renee Zellweger, right? Like, and a lot of these people, a lot of this cast are in CSI type shows. Like Anthony LaPlague Peglia, he's in one. Rory okay. Cochran was in CSI Miami, I think. And AJ was in CSI New York. Not when I watched no. it. No. I think he was actually in Miami as well. 
with Rory Cochran. I think they were both in that in that same one. But yeah, you haven't seen it. Fucking check it out. Great fucking movie. Yes, and it's a great movie. Yeah, and we please give give us your thoughts on it. Tell us if we missed anything or messed anything up. Probably didn't because you know we're fucking awesome and we know what we're talking about. Well, we may have missed stuff, but we probably didn't mess yeah. it up. <laughs> I don't think I said anything wrong. I mean, with the amount of times I've seen this movie, I would be surprised if I got something wrong. I know y'all. I know I'm full of myself. Whatever. Get over it. <laughs> On that note. Um, I think that's our time. That's our time. Uh, we <laughs> will see you guys next week. Uh, you can find us on our social media. You know, our yeah. usuals. Our yeah. usuals. It, it's been over a year. If you don't know by now, what the hell are you doing? And, and we throw at the end anyways. Yeah. So yeah. you're good. Yep. So have a wonderful, fantastic rest of your day, y'all. And happy Rex Manning Day. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you liked it, be sure to check out our previous episodes on our website at www.millennialspod.com. And also, you can check them out on Spotify, Anchor, Google, or Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit the follow and subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our latest episodes. Also, you can follow us on all of the socials Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Turn of the Millennials Pod, and like us on Facebook to leave a comment and a review. We greatly appreciate it. We will see you next episode.